0: Well, what I've watched the Toronto Raptors do, mainly led by coach Nick Nurse and obviously the star player that is Kawhi Leonard, is make all of us, including myself, look like absolute positive idiots. That's really what this comes down to.
1: And that's exactly what Kawhi made all of American media, and if you count this podcast, British media do yesterday. When the Raptors, against all odds, against all 538 odds, against even the predictions of the most diehard Raptors fans, helped The Raptors take Game 5 on the road. To dissect this, we're going to go through a whirlwind appraisal of all the players yesterday. Let's get right into it. So first up, it was not looking good. The Bucks came out strong. They were buoyed by a buoyant Milwaukee crowd, if I may say. Angry at Drake, angry at Nick Nurse, angry at Kawhi himself for taking the series by the scruff of the neck and refusing to let go. They came out strong, they could have took an 18-4 lead very early on, and at that time you were wondering, is this just gonna be another game two repetition? Are the Raptors just gonna be blown out and against, rely on their home form? Because of course the series don't start till you win on the road. And so the Bucks looked excellent, but what the Raptors ended up doing, and credit to Nick Nurse for his rotations, for his strategy, was they kept in it throughout. Every time the Bucks went on a run, the Raptors brought it within three, within five. And there was never really a time in the game, except for that opening period, where you felt the Bucks were running away from it and had all the momentum. And Reggie Miller made a great comment in the game. Every time the Bucks made a great play, you know, a crowd-hyping play, a noise-inducing play, someone like Kawhi would just go up the other end and shut it down. Of course, helping Kawhi, and you know what, let's give Kawhi his due credit. He shot 11 from 25. It was actually the same stats as he shot in Game 4 when we said he wasn't at his best. But some of the plays he were making were phenomenal. And it's because of the timing he did it. In the fourth quarter, he came out and scored 15 points in the first four minutes. This is when the Raptors were struggling like hell. This is when the Raptors were nine points down. Kawhi took over the game, put the Raptors up, and never looked back. He also got his career-high assist total of 9, 7 rebounds, a couple of steals, and overall, again, limited Giannis. Now, Giannis shot 9 for 18. He scored 24 points. But this looked like a night, especially initially, when Giannis was going to dominate the whole game. And to hold him to under 25 has to be considered a success. Now, as we know from Game 1, It can't just be Kawhi. He needs his role players, the supporting cast, to show up. And today, they certainly did. And it was another brilliant performance from Fed Van Vliet. He missed shoot around that morning. He'd just come from the birth of his son. And he shot seven from nine, not from the field, but from beyond their perimeter for 21 points. He had the highest points differential with plus 28 off the floor. Now, that is just astounding. For a player, of course, we talked about it last podcast, much maligned for his performances as a playoff. He has bounced back like none other. Lowry, once again, whether it be late on with sinking 7 from 8 free throws, whether it be playmaking, or whether it just be posing as the floor general and really running the plays through him. Lowry, again, with a 17-7-6 stat line, was the floor general. And interestingly enough, Nick Nurse played them both together. Now we've seen lineups before, especially against the length of Philly, and of course Bucks have length too. Don't don't mind me, but when Lowry and Van Vliet are on form, you've got all your playmaking right there, and you've got two threats on the floor. And of course, with Kawhi getting the nine assists, you have I guess you have three. The three-point shooting was the reason we won this game. Let's make no mistake about it. Kawhi went five from eight. Van Vliet, we've said went. 7 from 9, those are the main two. You have Lowry and Siakam, both 2 from 7 and 2 from 8. And overall, the Raptors shot 18 for 43 from 3. And of course, when you shoot like that in playoffs, majority of the time, you're going to win the game. Combine this with the clutch factor. The fact that a lot of this work was done in the fourth quarter. Combine this with mental strength. They didn't allow the Bucks to run away from it, despite, you know, the crowd, despite the pressure situation, despite the history of the first two games. They kept in it and that's all that matters. Let's talk about some other players, Gasol didn't have his best game, 29 minutes on the floor, 4 points, 1 from 6 from the field. However, look at that late rebound he took. The one where Kawhi took his, probably took his first bad shot of the game, just you know rimmed off and he won it ahead of Lopez, got the foul, controlled the rebound and then put the Raptors 3 points up from the free throw line. Siakam as well. He wasn't doubled this game as much as he usually is, However, but he didn't shoot that well at the same time. However, his rebounding was crucial. He grabbed 13 rebounds, three blocks, including a couple of brilliant ones in the fourth quarter. The others, the, probably the less said, the better. Powell didn't have his usual explosive game, neither did Ibaka. And Danny Green, of course, continued his playoff woes, which is perhaps the only negative that has come out of these last three games. However, we're looking forward to Game Six in Toronto Saturday night. Toronto are 32 and nine at home. The Bucks are 27 and 14 away. As we've said, the Raptors now have all the momentum going into this game. Lose this, however, and there's a doubt you can lose. Doubt you can win in Game Seven because it will swing right back to the Bucs. However, the Raptors have now a 79% chance, according to 538, of reaching the final. And just to end this little segment, let's listen to a bit of reaction from the hero himself.
0: Took chipping away at a double-digit deficit, but where did your team find the advantage in the final minutes?
1: Uh, we made shots and got uh, stops on the defensive end. we got to limit them to one shot. They're a great offensive rebounding team, great offensive team. We can't get them two or three looks at the basket.
0: If a series doesn't start until somebody wins on the road. It started tonight, but how do you beat the Bucks four times in a row?
1: I don't know. I haven't done it. Uh, we're taking it one game at a time, and, you know, I'm just excited that we got the win tonight.
0: With one win away until a trip to the NBA Finals, what's this team's mentality with history on the line?
1: I mean, I haven't even gotten the locker room yet. We just finished the game, but, uh, I mean, we wanted to come out here and get the win. We weathered the storm early, and I'm going to see what we're going to be talking about in the locker room. So, now that we've analysed what was a quite astounding win again for the Raptors, we're going to bring in resident transfer expert, Viral, on why Kawhi Leonard will stay in Toronto, whatever happens now. Viral, welcome back to the podcast.
0: Thank you. It's been a while since I've been talking to you guys, and uh, it's probably the kindest introduction you've ever done for me, male transfer expert. I mean. There's no assistant there. There's no, uh, you know, temporary sort uh, of prefix to that. So I'm very happy to have that introduction.
1: Yeah, we've uh, received a lot of uh, messages from fans saying they've uh, missed your voice, missed your, missed your expert analysis. So you know, it's the least, it's the least I could
0: do. Oh, thank you very much. Um, <laughs> and in terms of the quiet situation, um, uh, I told Kamel I uh, had an exam today. I woke up at four in the morning, so this will be wrapped up very quickly. Um, one thing that I do find very interesting is how all the media reports um, and I don't know how much we can trust them really but uh, they all seem to be concentric around the idea that Durant and Kawhi will more likely join forces than say Kawhi and LeBron which I find really really interesting i I don't know if you've seen anything about Kawhi to the Lakers but for whatever reason it seems very unlikely and I'm not sure why Expand Well um, it seems to be the case that obviously the two major teams that are contending for well a combined Durant and Lennon uh, signature are the Knicks and the Clippers and obviously both big market teams um, and, and that's one thing I would actually say about Kawhi I think one reason that he didn't see leave the Spurs which he perhaps overlooked is because Kawhi wants to be that guy like the guy who gets sponsorships and who is the not only the face of a franchise but the face of the NBA and people may be quite surprised by that and say oh well um, he's really quiet and Uh, He doesn't seem to be that gregarious, that outgoing, whatever. But I don't know if uh, you ever saw him in San Antonio, for example. He was on every single advert that they had. I don't know if you've seen those stupid San Antonio adverts where they're like advertising cooking equipment or whatever. Yeah, but
1: you'd expect the kind of 2014 finals MVP to... To have a few deals here and there. But just what you were saying yeah. about he wants to obviously be the face of France. He's now the face of a whole country right now. I mean, the amount of love he's getting from Drake, from Canada, you know, from abroad, as we well know, is, is more than he'll ever get, I think, in New York or LA. Is that is that a fair comment? I
0: would... Yeah, I guess in terms of the amount of uh, people actually supporting supportive as you said, but... In terms of market reach, recognition, and just like financial deals, just how in general. I think it it would uh, work out for him better elsewhere. And um, you know, Drake's all good, but even for my music, Drake isn't enough for me. So I don't see Drake being on the sideline doing his uh, stupid last or celebration. I don't think it's enough to entice Kawhi to stay, and I think. The only real way, I mean, he did not suspect what i by saying why is Kawhi not saying that, but I do assume the only real way there's even a possibility of him staying is if they do win this series. And um, if they are competitive in the finals, uh, which I believe they will be, and I believe they will make the finals, then at that point I think it's a 50-50, but um, we'll really have to see for what reasons they potentially lose that final series. Um, I don't want to jinx the Milwaukee series, but if it's, again, um, potential guards on the team letting the side down, not hitting their shot, um, I could, yeah, then definitely see him from leaving. But um, I know you've talked probably about like the Van Vliet, um, Lowry situation, etc. But what do you think had happened to Van Vliet, and I know he's kind of turned it around in the last two games, but what's your whole take on that situation? I don't know if you've already talked about
1: it. Well, yeah, obviously the last two games has been phenomenal. Um, this came after a game three where he shot one from 11, and fans were calling for Jeremy Lin to take over his minutes. However, oh, no. th- there's a there's quite a good theory. Of course, Van Vliet's just had a just had a son, or his, uh, his wife's just had a son. And... Uh-huh. I'm not sure if you noticed the similarities between Drake and Van Vliet. They look very similar, similar height. But there's a quite plausible theory that it was Drake playing the first three games in the Van Vliet jersey, jacking up shots. And so giving Van Vliet time to rest, recuperate and of course exercise his new dad powers on the court come game four and five.
0: Mm -hmm. I I actually thought you were going to say that. Drake was the father of his child, which I, I thought that would have been
1: actually a very plausible reason. Well, if you have seen yesterday's thing, Drake is um, actually trying to father another child, uh, and uh, trying to trying to father the Milwaukee Bucks owner's grandchild.
0: Wait, wait, is, um, is, is this a joke or? No, no, <laughs> the um,
1: the Bucks owner, uh, his daughter was wearing a pusher tee. Jersey court side yesterday, right. and um, Drake was sending some quite complimentary banter her way on on his Instagram. Oh, yeah, if uh, I think his Instagram picture is still a picture of her, which is uh, quite odd to say the least. But that's okay. a, that's a side note. That's a side note. But anyway, yeah, that you're right about. Um, you're right about Randaleek's resurgence. So just to end it off, actually, how many games do the Raptors need to take? the Warriors to in the finals if they do make the finals in order to keep Kawhi
0: um, like I said I think it is dependent on really how the rest of the team plays if it is a super five competitive series that that could even be five games they, they are all narrow losses um, like,
1: the, like the Portland series a little bit
0: yeah actually that's a very good point I like the Portland series um and looking at the Portland series you can't really say that any one of Portland's players really let the team down and yeah they all had a moments, Leonard obviously in game four Kanter was okay in that series Hood was decent in that series so yeah if it goes like that and Kawhi isn't putting up like um, some of the numbers he's put up in the postseason so far was I think that was a 7.35 game performance and um, if he plays how Yanis is playing in this series, I'd um, say put up twenty-five points, whatever, and then yeah, I think I think then there's a there's actually a good chance he'll stay. But uh, even then, if they don't have KD for the finals, does um, it look like they're not going to have to KD? Is that
1: right? I think he'll miss games one and two at the moment. Really? Yeah, that's and then they're going to reassess. OK,
0: because it did look like um, somebody slashed his Achilles the way he reacted, like the media seems to be saying. So, uh, uh, again, I think there's some doubt there. But, um, yeah, I'd say there's a 50-50 chance. But, again, we'll, we'll see if they get past Milwaukee. I don't want to jinx anything. I'm sure no, because,
1: because, and uh, I discussed this earlier, Game 6 is essentially Game 7 because I doubt the Raptors can win on the road in Milwaukee. Again, but then I said in yesterday's podcast that the Raptors would lose game five and in the 4 podcast I'd say bucks in six. So don't <laughs> trust me. Well, I'm gonna make like well, you're gonna make like Theresa May and leave this podcast for the time being. Uh, yeah, I'm actually
0: gonna leave now or not in June. Uh, unlike Theresa but
1: Oh perfect. But um I'm sure we'll see you when the Raptors have either ended in glorious choking failure or <laughs> success which the country has never known Raoul thanks once again for appearing
0: yeah well, and, uh, it's nice to be back thanks guys was awesome.